Mmm, that's good. And that is the sound of a brewed up new episode of Digital Coffee. I'm your host, as always, Brett Dicer, and Happy New Year! This is the first Digital Coffee episode of 2017! Woo! Yay! Anyways, there is a bunch of stuff to go over, so let's get on with it. So, here's an interesting thing. Mark Zuckerberg, yes, the ever-famous CEO of Facebook, has decided that he wants to go on an epic road trip of um, the United States to talk to people because of all the controversies that's happened over the past last year, He's decided that maybe he should um, talk to everybody and see what's going on with America and not, you know, always assume that everybody is on one particular side of the political spectrum or that political spectrum is always right or is the good guys or whatever you want to think about it. But he is on a mission to uh, have a travel challenge and to meet up with different people of all walks of life Um It should be interesting to see how well that goes for him and if he actually gains any new insights with it. Because I'm always under the impression that Facebook should, A, get rid of its algorithms for for what it says that you may want or may want to not see. uh, Because that actually has created an echo chamber in of itself. Also, I actually would like to see... um, I'd like to see less of a bias on either side of it and just let the people decide what they want to read and not what to read or watch. It's just all depending, but that's what I really want to see. Um, Do I think it's a good step? I actually do think it's a good step for Facebook, especially for the CEO, and to figure out what is America talking about, what does America care about, etc. Because if we actually don't, we're going to be, well, Facebook's going to be in big trouble because then people are going to start figuring out that they don't want to be on there anymore, and that's going to hurt Facebook in general. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people from the political right uh, going to Gab.ai uh, or, or IO, I forget, but it's called Gab, uh, or Minds, which is which they have dubbed the free speech social networks. Uh, So it should be interesting to see what Facebook actually does and if it actually will work out for them. Like I said before, it's a good first step, but um, you really don't know if it actually will do any good or not. It really all depends on Facebook's next move after this. But like I said, at least the first step is going in the right direction. Let's just see if it actually follows up in the same direction or, or not. I mean... We don't really know for sure. And to me, that's fine if we don't really know. Uh, I am not against uh, this at all. And so, uh, well, I hope Marcus Zuckerberg's in for a um, rude awakening or an eye-opening experience of not everybody thinks the same and we shouldn't expect everybody to think the same. I think he knows that, but let's hope he learns it even more and actually uses the word inclusive right or any company actually uses the word inclusive right because it's not really not very many companies actually use that word well all right so i have some bad news for the new year um it's uh well it's uh, it's unfortunate for uh, medium in general if you don't know what medium is it's been a very usually a pretty popular social publishing or blogging uh, platform. It has kind of uh, sprouted up and it was uh, you know, co-founded or founded by uh, a couple of the uh, founders of Twitter. Um, Ev Williams kind of uh, kind of runs it. He's the CEO of it. There was another one. I forget his name, but he was also a part of it for a while then kind of moved on. But uh, he has decided to lay off 50 employees and shut down the New York and D.C. offices as well. The reason being is because, well, apparently you can't make money off ads or they can't because they're the smaller person in uh, this scene. I mean, you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have the 800-pound gorilla in the room, which is uh, WordPress as well. You also have uh, Squarespace. You have plenty of different options, and this is more... And Medium is actually a great spot. I actually have one. Uh, I probably don't use it as much as I should, but I still have one on there, and I put the podcast on there so people can actually, you know, 
listen to it because I want people to, you know, listen to this because they should know. But um, the problem is, is that they do have an uphill battle. It's growing pain as well. Um, now, Ev Williams has did write a blog post on Medium, I'm pretty sure, about all this, trying to, you know, look at the brighter side of it, saying, hey, look, uh, even though we can't do this, we're going to find other ways of actually uh, producing uh, or monetizing or having a business model uh, and actually not um, encouraging more content, but quality content was probably what they're going to be doubling down on. Now, if it actually works, it remains to be seen. Uh, could they be bought out? They could. I mean, it's not really um, it's not really out of the ordinary to actually be bought out uh, like this. I mean, they they he was part of uh, the team that built a Blogger, which isn't really that popular anymore. People still use it, uh, but it should be interesting to see if they can actually find that uh, route to successful monetizing of their site. It's one of the hardest parts to do. It's not easy. But uh, best of luck for those people that actually got let go. It sucks. I completely feel your pain. So I'm hoping you find uh, jobs pretty soon. I mean, it's, 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 never, it's never fun. All right, some CES or Consumer Electronics Show is going on this week. It is going on until about the 8th. Uh, so um, there's going to be a lot of weird things going on here. And that's just that's just CES, to be honest with you. It's just a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, Bradley still, I mean, it, it is in Las Vegas. And there's a lot of weird things going on in Vegas, too. A lot of fun things are going on in Vegas, but a lot of weird things at the same time. Anyways, um, Samsung has brought out some new Chromebooks. Uh, that will have Google Play access and a stylus. That's right. It will not have the S Pen. It will have the digital pen. I think they're trying to dub it a different a different name because, well, or digitized pen, as they call it. Um, but the stylus kind of was brought back by them. Uh, Apple said the stylus, or Steve Jobs famously said the stylus was not very good. It was not very intuitive or precise, and he was wrong about that one completely. Uh, but... Um, with these, you're going to have more Chromebooks uh, because Chromebooks is the, basically the alternative to Mac or Windows. Um, it does use a Linux kernel or a different type of version of Linux. If you don't know what Linux is, it's kind of uh, it's kind of the forefather of the operating system. It's an open source platform. So if you don't really know how to use it very well, I don't always recommend it. But there are some of them that are actually pretty user friendly. Uh, in terms of Linux, and that's what I would say about it. But um, it has risen in a little bit of popularity over the years. I mean, it's always been around, but it actually hasn't been as popular. Um, but you really do have to know how to tinker with it because not all programs actually work with it. It's becoming where more programs are starting to be uh, optimized or actually run with it, or a lot better, I should say. Um, but uh, that's what it is. So the, the notebooks are going to have... Um, couple different things so first of all it's going to clock at 2400 by 1600 QHD uh, that's for the screen it's going to rotate 360 degrees because that's always a popular thing to do it's going to have two USB-C ports that's the newest USB uh, standardization that's what a lot of the newer Android phones have it's going to have four gigs of RAM um, and it's going to have 32 gigs of storage for offline access because um, more and more people are going to realize that Chromebooks do need offline access as well. Um, the only thing is that it only has about eight hours of charge, which is not that good. It's, it's all right. Um, now, it is sporting the Intel Core M3, uh, and plus the that's going to be part of the ARM uh, configuration as well. Um, it is kind of more of the low battery are usually low battery consumption or more for um for the intel line more for um laptops and uh more towards the internet of things type of uh cpu configurations instead of the i5 or the i7 not saying that they can't actually have that but mm, it, it just depends so it should be interesting to see if this actually will work um with the battery life, it's not that great. It, it could have been better. I would like to actually seen 12 hours instead of eight, but eight is not bad. Um, it's just that 
you're kind of like running into almost uh, mobile phone territory for that one as well. I mean, it's nice to see that you can actually um, do a 360 flip uh, degree flip for, with the screen, but it's not. The battery life would be, would have been better. I mean, better battery life would have always been better, but eh, you, you don't you always get what you want. Uh, it's unfortunate. It really is. All right. Also with it, Samsung has um, brought out the Family Hub fridge. That's right. The smart home is still alive, and well, Samsung really wants you to you know buy that smart that smart fridge and anything else that's has the dubbed smart or hub or whatever. Um, it was kind of showcased last year, but this year they're doing it again, um, and they're kind of um, having big <laughs> big LED screens. So the one thing that's going to happen is that it's going to be not cheap. Uh, it's also not going to be not cheap to fix because every time you put in a LED screen, uh, it becomes less and less easier to fix. Now it's it's 21.5 inch LED screen um, that kind of it kind of serves as a bulletin board, writing memos, grocery lists. Um, you can also purchase groceries through the Mastercard, uh, probably their PayPass as well and instant recipes via all recipes so you can get recipes if you want to make something and not go I don't know how to make this this will be it for you as well there's also a built-in media streaming uh, through the partnerships of iHeartRadio and Spotify so you have all that you don't have to use your phone's battery you can use it through the fridge instead and run up your energy bill more because that is not going to be um, it's not going to be cheap um it also, the version 2 also has voice commands um, as well because Samsung is going to be building its custom AI offering for all its Galaxy products. So you're going to have Amazon has Alexa, Google has uh, Google Assistant, Apple has Siri, and then uh, Samsung's going to have its own. And well, last but not least, uh, Windows has Cortana. So it should be interesting to see how this is all going to play out and Who's going to remain on top? I'm still thinking that you're probably going to have about three or four of them. And I'm thinking the, th the three of them is going to be, uh, or the four of them, I should say, is going to be Cortana, Alexa, uh, Google Assistant, and Siri. Those are going to be the four. Now, could I be wrong about this? Could be some other one that actually has uh, pretty good success? Probably. Uh, we'll see what Samsung actually has to offer. But for right now, those are going to be the four main ones. Unless someone really does screw up and does a terrible job. You never really know. I mean, just look at the Note 7. That is always going to be the running joke until something else actually happens. <laughs> I swear. All right, Samsung also uh, kind of announced launching a um, kind of an investment fund uh, called the Samsung Next Fund, which is $150 million in venture capital fund targeted at startups working in emerging, emerging tech it could be Internet of Things, that could be artificial intelligence, that could be virtual reality, that could be uh, smart driving, that could be augmented reality, that could be anything that's going to be a part of that as well. So that's what's going to be. So if you are someone that's in the emerging, emerging tech field, this is something that could be of worth to you because, I mean, they got money to, they got money to throw at you. So you might as well try to find a way to actually use that. Um, I think it's great that these big companies are actually doing that because a lot of times they will miss the new emerging tech that's going on and kind of miss out on big opportunities as well. Uh, so this is another great thing. So, like I said before, if you're in emerging tech field, contact Samsung or their next fund, I should say, because why not? You have nothing to lose except for them saying no. All right. Now, uh, this is a really good thing that I actually think is going to be awesome. So if many don't know, I actually have the Panasonic GH2 camera. Now the GH2 camera is, is older uh, because there's been uh, two other versions already, the GH3 and the GH4. Now this line is actually a pretty good line because considering that a lot of the other um, DSLR mirrorless uh, cameras that do shoot uh, video can be pricey. I mean, uh, the Canon line is it can go up to 10 grand or more, and that's just for the body of the camera. Nikon can do the same thing as well. With the Panasonic, it can actually give you pretty good 
Um, pretty good camera for not that bad of a price. So the GH5 is coming out, which I am, well, as always, excited about. Uh, I would love to get this one because it's actually not bad. Um, now the price tag is going to be around two, uh, two grand, which is actually pretty good. Um, you're actually going to get, um, for this, uh, you can shoot in 4K. You can also shoot really good um, pictures as well. Um, the great thing is, is that with uh, with the 20 MPX uh, four third sensor coupled with a five axis image stabilization means that the body of the camera is going to stabilize any lens you put in there, which is awesome. So you can use any lens that can actually go on the in the fit in the body of the Panasonic. And it will be image, stabili image stabilized, uh, which is a great thing. Uh, it also shoots uh, full 4K video, which is cool for feature updates or being feature proof, but not still not a lot of people actually have 4K uh, TVs. Now that is changing and will be changing sooner and more often now because 4K has been around for a little while. The prices are eventually going to come down, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Now, the other thing is it also can shoot 1080p video up to 180 frames per second. That also means that you can slow it down six times. So it can be really slow uh, if you really want it to be. So um, why not? Like I said, I have the GH2 and it shoots really good video, really good video for uh, 1080p uh, because 4K really wasn't around for the GH2. So just imagine the GH5 uh, shooting. So if you're in the market for a new DSLR or just trying to get into the market for DSLRs, I would highly recommend the, the Panasonic GH line. Um, it's really good. I Like I said, I have the GH2. I have very little complaints about it. Um, maybe the lens I got is not the best that I thought it would be, but it's pretty good for what it does. But the body of it, how it works, it works really good. I have no complaints of it. So like I said before, if you're looking for something, this is the one to get because it, it it is a pretty good price for it. Two grand for a camera that can shoot 4K video and uh, 1080p video in 180 frames per second. That's actually not a bad not a bad price points considering the comparable uh, Canon and Nikon lines are going to be at least starting at 10K and probably going up uh, further. It's actually not bad, so I highly recommend you looking at into it because it's not a bad price for it. All right, another thing with uh, CES is uh, Zenfone AR or their new Zenfone line is actually going to have uh, Tango VR AR platforms and Google Daydream. Um, it's also going to be running the latest or eh, it's not the latest, but uh, actually no, sorry, excuse me, it is the latest, the latest Snapdragon, which is a twenty-one processor and six gigs of RAM. Plus with, um, it's gonna sport 5.7 inch super AMOLED display, which is gonna be uh, 2560 by 10, uh, I mean 1440 resolution. So it should be interesting for that as well. The company also is going to boast 23 megapixel camera with motion sensing and depth tracking capabilities. Uh, so like I said, Aces, it's got a pretty sweet deal with this one as well. Um, it's interesting that it's going to have Tango and Daydream uh, working together in tandem as well. Uh, should actually bring a, probably a better VR experience to it as well, uh, especially since Daydream does kind of bring about uh, low la latency, head tracking, and unified interface. And then Tango brings in adept sensing capabilities to smartphone deliver smartphone-based augmented reality tech. So with that running in tandem, it actually could bring about probably the best VR um, system that you can get. Uh, that's just that's just how I'm seeing it. Uh, so we should see if it actually is going to be good or not. It actually could be really good. I think it's going to be really good. Um, let's just hope uh, it actually turns out well. The Xenophone line actually has been really good. Um, it's probably one of the best uh, smartphones for the price point most of the time. Some of the Xenophones have been kind of like, eh. The only downside of it, and I've seen this a lot, I actually haven't tested out a Xenophone, is the bloatware. And if you're wondering what bloatware actually is, it's kind of the apps or programs you get on your computer that you actually 
are never going to use, but you actually can't get rid of them, or they're really difficult to get rid of. Uh, that's usually been the bane of PCs for quite a while. Um, a lot of times now, they don't really come with that many bloatware, but they have in the past. And it really has not really been the best for a lot of people. A lot of people have been upset about it. I've been upset about it because I've had to figure out how to get rid of a lot of this stuff. For phones, it's a lot more trickier because sometimes they just embed them where you can't actually delete them, which sucks. That actually sucks. My first smartphone, uh, HTC, eh, I forget I forget it. forget the name of it. Um, it was a great smartphone, but there was, there was a few apps I couldn't get rid of. And I never figured out why I could never get rid of them. It was very annoying. Very annoying. All right, speaking of smart homes, smart homes hubs, smart fridges, LG is... Well, it's going to be the competitor for Samsung. So they're going to have a smart hub fridge and its little mini robot with it. Um, yeah, the little robot mini or the robot itself. It's, it's like a giant cylinder robot with a giant touch screen on it as well. Looks a little weird. Um, I don't really know if you would actually use it in your home, especially if you have a small home. It'd be more or less in your way than anything else. Now, they actually are going to have a smart fridge as well, which is going to use the WebOS system. Now, if you're wondering what the WebOS is, uh, it was, it's what Palm used to use for their uh, smart uh, devices or the smartphones when they were still a company. They're not a company anymore, so LG bought the rights to WebOS. This is actually not a bad idea, so they're actually going to be using it in their fridge as well. Um, there's, a, there's a few interesting tidbits about it. Uh, the first is you can knock twice to see what's inside your fridge. It's going to be have integration with Amazon Alexa voice assistant as well. Um, so you're going to have that full uh, Alexa experience. Or if you already have Amazon Echo, this could be a really good, great thing for you as well well ooh. Um, but beyond that um, there's not really too much about it uh, uh, the price like I said before the Samsung or LG is not really making the price known because it's not gonna be cheap I'm thinking the 3,000 to 4,000 or maybe even more uh, dollar range uh, it could be uh, 10,000 I mean these are smart uh, devices and usually when the new ones or the uh, prototypes or the version ones come out they're never that cheap they're actually quite expensive so if you don't have that money to burn I, I, I wouldn't do it at all not really um, but yeah we'll see how we'll see if this actually works out or not I for these I'm usually on the on the side of wait and see what's going to come out about it and then wait for the second or third version of it because they usually will get out of the bugs second security is a bigger problem with these things because they actually haven't addressed with the security problems with the ransomware and all and all these other things um, that come about it because they are always connected they need to have an internet um, source and usually since there is no security features on these you could actually be ransomware through these. It's happened with smart TVs. It's happened with um, smart thermostats. And it's, it's going to happen with smart fridges. So my problem is that these companies are bringing out these really convenient, nice things, but um, aren't really addressing the kind of the awkwardness in the room where it's like, yeah, you've got the, the hacking problem. What, what, what are you doing about security? And they have no answer to it right now. The, that's my biggest problem with it. If you have no answer and you, it, your devices are easily hacked. I would hold off on those until they come up with some type of solution or one of the security firms comes up with some type of solution because there needs to be a solution. There is no solution right now. And it's got a little frustrating when I see that because you'll have people and people that listen to it that have no idea about security. have no idea that there was no security a part of this. And that's my problem. It's my biggest problem right now because there is no security. You're left with this. Why they don't have any security, I do not know. It drives me insane and they probably should fix it, but they're not right now. Until a big thing happens where they're gonna have to fix it, they're probably not gonna fix it. But that's my biggest problem with these right now. 
But if you're still in the market for it and you really want something cutting edge, this is not a bad option. Unless then if you can deal with the uh, oh, it's you know, it's 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 got problems with security. That's the only thing that you're probably gonna have to deal with is the security issue for right now. That's that's one of the biggest problems. All right, moving on. Fitbit has announced integration with nutrition services and a virtual reality bike. So apparently there's going to be a VR bike where um, you pedal while playing games, I guess. Um, so the... Well, the, the smart devices, or at least the smart watches, haven't been as big a success as we would all liked. Pebble is no more. Uh, Fitbit is the, more of the fitness tracker, but eventually that's going to get saturated enough where it's going to have to find new ventures for it as well. So the integration with uh, nutrition services is the likely next step. And what this will do is say that you want to lose 20 pounds, um, but you really aren't active that much. So what it will do is it will adjust uh, your habit or try to, I should say, it's a habit. So if you don't really want to do or change the habit, you won't. But what it'll do is try to decrease your calorie recommendation and modify the types of carbs, fats, and proteins that you should eat so you won't gain that extra fat. Um, now, there's that as well. Plus, with uh, Verzoom, the indoor VR bike um, that was uh, kind of unveiled at E3 last year, uh, you'll have different types of data for that price point too. Now, the VR bike looks interesting because, well... It allows you to have a bike, but with the VR kind of connected with it, you can be like riding a horse instead of a bike. Just just be sure that you continue to pedal um, because you'll be like, oh, I'm riding a horse. Oh, wait, I have to pedal too because the horse won't move without me. But I'm pretty sure um, the program will tell you like pedal faster or something like that. Now, it's glad that I actually saw the picture of it because I was wondering if a VR bike or fitness bike would actually have pedals because i said if it didn't i would be kind of worried about it because i'd be like well how would you know if you're actually like really testing yourself how would how would you know but it's basically like a bike like a fitness bike a stationary bike with pedals and everything like that it's just connected to your vr so you can actually know um that you're riding riding a bike i don't know it just sounds weird that you have like the vr goggles on you're like you're pedaling and it's, it's like you're you know riding a horse so it's not really the same but it is i guess i don't know i haven't really tested it out but it's interesting now it's good to see that fitbit is actually trying to uh bridge gaps and do different things with it um i'm still not well fitbit's not on my good side to be honest with you because of what they did with pebble and how they've kind of dealt with it so i probably won't be getting one but hey if you love fitbit more power to you. All right. So do you have, we have the Google Home. We have the Amazon Alexa uh, or Echo, I should say. Now Lenovo looks like it's going to be getting into it as well. And that means, well, it has its own, but it's going to be integrated with uh, Amazon Alexa virtual assistant built into it. So it's basically going to be... Um, an alternative to Amazon Alexa, but not really a competitor to it because they're actually using a partnership through it. It's all kind of mumbled and jumbled. It's going to be cheaper though, um, so there is going to be. It's going to be 100. It's going to start as 130 dollars, but also it's going to offer the Harman uh, Harman Kardon edition. Excuse me, which is a well-known speaker maker that actually makes really good speakers. Um, but it's going to be a little bit pricier. It's going to be around 180 dollars with the, with the updated speaker as well. Now it's very cylinder-like, um, so you have that as well. Um, so uh, the only th difference is that the Amazon Echo is all black. There is going to be a black version, but also there's going to be a white-gray version, a white-orange version, if you don't like the color black. I, I mean, it, it's up to you. I really don't care. But there is an alternative to it. should be interesting to see if it actually will work out very well. And it's... It's surprising to see how Amazon is pushing forward with uh, basically utilizing its uh, ecosystem and its uh, virtual assistant for other products as well with LG and now L Lenovo's uh, smart hub. Uh, it should be interesting to see how well it bursts onto the scene and if it will actually retain 
of the dominance in the home that um, well that Google and Apple missed out on, which is interesting that they both missed out on it. It wasn't even that um, that they didn't try to; is that none of them actually did it. Uh, Amazon kind of beat them out on that one. So kudos to Amazon for seeing that the home was a pretty good primary source point for that as well because people have questions even at home. All right, Qualcomm has released an improved version of, or a new version, I should say, of Snapdragon 8, uh, Snapdragon CPU. Now it's called the, the, the 835, and it's supposed to uh, improve battery life and have better VR experiences. Now, this is great because um, the the main problem with uh, smartphones is the battery life sucks. I mean, I could go through usually a smartphone in a day uh, pretty handily. Uh, I mean, my last phone, the Motorola, the Moto X second generation, I probably outpaced it. And <laughs> I worked that thing to its bone until the, the, the screen died on me. That's how much I worked it. I was getting it to work out. Um, but... My own my problem was that most of the time the battery died about midday. I had to actually recharge it midday because it would not last very long. Now I was doing a lot of things with it as well, but still I was kind of like, why am I not getting better battery life? Why? Why? Why the tech gods? Why do you hate me so much with the low battery all the time? Um, so basically, I had to carry around an extra battery or an external power block battery just so I could you know, actually keep it charging now here's the interesting thing about it the qualcomm uh, snapdragon 80 or 835 i should say uh consumes 25 percent less power than last year's chip which is the 820 uh flagship or the 21 i should say also uh is it claimed basically about two and a half hours of battery life on average daily usage which is actually pretty significant it also is updated with quick charge 4.0 which basically is the new, uh, which new version is fully compatible with the US, USB Type C industry standard, uh, could charge 20% faster than 3.0, as well, and will not and will prevent you know the overcharging, that uh, I'm pretty sure happened with the Note Sevens, um, with that as well as about has about 50% uh, power reduction compared to the 801s, which is actually pretty significant to the 801s, um. And there's going to be fast, uh, faster 3D graphics rendering and 60, 60 times more colors. Basically, everything's going to be really, really good. It's also going to have the UHD or the ultra high definition premium for, with 4K uh, 60 frames per second. Another great thing as well. Um, just all around, this is going to be probably one of the better, more powerful ones. So you're probably going to be seeing um, next year's smartphones with these new processors as well. So if you're in the market or your phone's starting a little slow, I would wait until the new phones start trickling in and seeing if you want to get those instead. But hey, the Pixel phone is always a good one as well. I have it, it's actually pretty good. It's only um, frozen on me twice. But that's because I use it quite a bit. That's 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 my bane. Anyways, moving on, uh, so D-Link is getting into the somewhat mesh networking. Now, mesh networking was a rage by Google and, uh, and Linksys. Uh, what it basically was is more of a business type solution where you have one hub and three different little smaller hubs that kind of mesh together to make kind of a cohesive Wi-Fi experience so you won't have a dead spot anywhere in your house. Uh, so D-Link's trying to do that with their cover home networking, but it's not really technically true mesh. It's kind of just a traditional Wi-Fi router with uh, Wi-Fi extenders instead. Now they said that they are going to be making a new one or they're gonna be actually eventually having uh, a mesh with it too or actually having true mesh um, networking. It's just not right now. It's eventually going to happen eventually. Uh, but with this, it seems like an interesting way of doing it. Um, now the D-Link's Cover power line Wi-Fi system is about $200 for that one as well. Um, and it also uses a pair of power line a AV2-1300 adapters. Um, so it's not too bad in the price. And it's good, especially if you have a really big home, uh, that there are some rooms that just get terrible Wi-Fi. You could put this in 
and there you go. Also, these um, power line range extenders also have uh, hardline uh, adapters as well, or you can plug in uh, your device's hardline too. Um, now, what it does will give you a, a 1200 megabytes per second wireless access ports, which is good for those hard those uh, hardwire Ethernet connections. Um, just so if you're like gaming, because gaming does take uh, quite a bit of that, uh, you have that uh, you have that option. So if you're looking for a new system, a new Wi-Fi router that your Wi-Fi router is just sucking, uh, this could be something that you should uh, look into. Uh, like I said before, they're eventually going to update it to an actual mesh uh, networking system. It's just not quite yet. It's using more traditional uh, router with extenders. So it's almost like a mesh, but not really. All right, there is a new um, <laughs> a new flash drive because Kingston needs to make new flash drives. So it's two terabyte flash drive. That's right. You, you heard that right. Two terabytes. That's ginormous. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, hard drives traditionally can go to 10 terabytes or more, but for a flash drive, two terabytes, that's ginormous. Now, it's not a small flash drive. It's pretty thick for a flash drive. Um, now, it's not going to be cheap in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> but you can hold quite a bit of stuff of uh, media or materials or uh, digital stuff um, so you can hold about 70 hours of 4k video 256,016 megabyte photos or 96 PC games with it now the cost is where it's gonna hurt so the the HyperX Predator data traveler which is their other line of um, flash drives is the 512 gigabyte version is about $300 and then the one terabyte version is over $2,000 so um, speculation is that the two terabyte model could be that same price or more we're probably thinking more of like 5,000 or over five grand so if you really need a flash drive I don't really know why you need one you could do it that way to, but to be honest with you flash drives is kind of an old media form most people just now do um, cloud integration or they do uh, uh, portable hard drives or mobile hard portable hard drives. Yeah, that's that's the right term for it. Or portable hard, hard drives instead. Why? Because I don't know why you would you really need a flash drive. I don't use flash drives anymore or as little as possible. Now, older generations could still love flash drives. There's nothing wrong with them, but I would not. For the price point of it, I would just not buy it because, to be honest with you, are you going to store your whole life on a flash drive or are you going to get a portable hard drive and store your whole life on it? Nine times out of ten, you're going to get a portable hard drive and ditch the flash drive, especially since it's, for the one terabyte model, it's over two grand. Holy crap. That's a lot. I I just think it's a lot. It's a huge price point for something that I don't think a lot of people actually use. I could be wrong about that, mind you. So I'm more than willing to be wrong with it. Now, moving on to uh, the smartwatch from CES. So Casio has um, kind of unveiled its new outdoor rugged smartwatch that is using Android Wear 2.0. That's right, the newest version of Android Wear, which is basically the way they're going to do Internet of Things, and especially smartwatches. Um, it's going to be using that. Now, it's it's going to have the newer OS or the more modified or more updated version of the OS. Um, it's also going to have, it's going to be water resistant up to 50 meters, military grade compliance to protect against drops and shocks as well. And it's going to have a dual layer dis uh, display structure for improved visibility and battery life. So maybe you can get a, maybe a day out of it or maybe a day and a half. Uh, my Pebble does two days. So if it can beat that, then you, there's something going for that. It also has built-in GPS, which will enable outdoor truckers to, um, well, to not have to have their phones. So you can leave your phone at home. However, you probably should look at, look at the data usage or how much it's going to cost to use your data because everything costs something, especially if you're going to use data like GPS. It's not going to be free. Uh, so I would look into that as well. It's also going to uh, download full color maps for offline tracking. 
Uh, so I would, if you don't really want to buy the data, I would actually look into doing that instead. Reason being, it's going to be a lot better that way. Just, just going to throw it out there. It's going to be a lot better that way. Uh, so you have to do another monthly plan. Uh, now it's the um, pricing has not been announced. It's, it's going to be released in April 21st of this year. So you got about four months. Uh, but the F10, the predecessor, was $500. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be around that same price point, maybe a little bit higher. Uh, but be on the lookout. If you're looking for a new smartwatch and you were hoping for to get a Pebble and then you heard the news that Pebble's no longer around, this could actually be a good one. I would actually be um, interested into seeing if this actually would be any good or not. If it's not any good, well, I'm sorry you bought it, but if you didn't buy it and it's not any good, you didn't waste $500. Now, comparatively, that's $500 for the F10, uh, which the F20 is the newest one. Uh, my Pebble cost 150 so there is a huge price difference between the two, and the Pebble does have some, it's not military-grade standards, but it did have some shockproof. It did have some res resistance to that, a little bit of resistance in water as well. Probably not as much as this one, though, so the extra money is going to that. All right, now the HDMI Consortium has finally released HDMI 2.1. That's right, it's going to have a dynamic HDR, it's going to have 8K resolution, and quite a bit more. So uh, 1.3 did 10.2 uh, giga, uh, gigabits per second, and uh, HDMI 2.08 did 16 gigabits per second. Um, but, um, the HDMI 2.0 does 48 gigabits per second for cable. That's really fast, really fast. What this actually does is it actually does a dynamic HDR. Uh, it also has HDR 10 and we've seen, which is basically the updated version of the HDR, which is the high dynamic range. If you're wondering what the heck that actually means, just another, just a newer technology for TVs to give you the best colors uh, for your TV to make it more lifelike, because that's what we all want to do. Uh, Speaking of that, uh, NVIDIA and AMD are actually baking these into their latest GPUs as well. Uh, Dell uh, is having the newest ultra-thin monitor having that, and LG has said to do that as well. Uh, and then also H, uh, the 2.0 uh, supports uh, 8K uh, 60, which basically is uh, 8K resolution with 16 by 9. Um, it's uh, 7680 by 4320 resolution at 60 hertz. Um, it also is going to have 4K or true 4K resolution of uh, 4096 by 2160 or 3840 by 2160 as well for HK UHD or true HK as well. Um, so you have that too. At, and they're, they're going to be a, at 120 hertz, which is a lot better. Um, but you have those comparisons as well. So. Um, if you're looking for a new TV, I would wait a little while to see if uh, some of the new TVs coming out is going to have the newest HDMI 2.0, uh, 2.1 as well. It's also going to add support for new object-oriented audio codecs or Adobe Adam, uh, Atoms or DTSX as well. This basically is for audio events for movie tracks in 3D space. Uh, space supposed to make it sound better if you're uh, what does that mean it was it's just supposed to make it sound better it sound more dynamic uh more about theater um like you're in the theater type of thing better better sound uh it's probably the best vernacular i could come up with for that one. Oh man so yeah if you're looking for a new tv i would look into doing that now, not ces wise uh mit came out with a new uh kind of a new report about Uber and Lyft. So what they're saying is that we, Uber and Lyft can actually reduce or is vital to reducing congestion in, like, let's say, New York. If, now there's a caveat to this, if riders or sharers are willing to share their ride. That's right. It only will work if you're willing to share your ride. Uh, if you're not, it won't reduce re uh, congestion at all. So... You may be comfortable with sh uh, with having a um, a stranger drive you somewhere, but you may not be comfortable with sharing a ride. Now, if you do want to reduce uh, congestion, this is the better way of doing it. 
Now the algorithm they did kind of show that how it's actually going to do this, um, and it will actually help with uh, riders or drivers, I should say, um, with shorter uh, shifts or shorter times to actually get there as well. So they pick up people along the way. Um, this could actually help reduce congestion. Now along the way, I should say, not like out about a way of like, oh, would you mind if I go like two miles that way? Be like, no, pick people up along the way. Duh. Uh, so to my Uber slash Lyft people, keep on doing it because if you can do that and then, you know, have a friend or pick somebody up along the way, you're helping reduce congestion. Isn't that lovely? Now, MIT did hasn't really put in buses or vans that could pick up more people as well, but eventually they could actually put uh, do that. And so what this will actually do is help reduce congestion. So for the local governments and federal government that are looking to um, stymie these ride-sharing places, I don't think you should because it's going to help reduce traffic in your city, and that's a good thing. It's a really good thing, especially in California and New York and a lot of other places that have uh, metro metropolitan places that have a lot of uh, traffic. This could be this could be a godsend. I'm not saying that um, taxis haven't helped out a little bit, but eh, it's it's the old school way of doing it. All right, so HP has brought out uh, its new well, it's not really new, but it's upgraded version of its really bizarre uh, computer. It's called the HP Sprout. Basically, what it has is it has a monitor with a like a overhead projector light and a pad where you can it's basically we can draw and do other things with it um so it's basically the newest version and what it's actually going to be doing is that instead of actually putting it on the pad or flipping it over you can actually it'll actually read it um and digitalize it a lot faster um so there's no need to scan it on a turntable it's also going to ha be have better integration with windows 10 and be able to continue to use uh or actually use familiar programs like Adobe Creative Cloud a lot better than the last one, which is also a good thing. They also have the spec, uh, the Spectre X uh, 360 T, which has a larger screen as well. It also it also has improved models with 4K UHD or ultra high definition, um, which is going to have uh, 3840 by 2160 resolution. So you can take advantage of that. It's also going to have a stylus with it as well, or you can have a stylus and 360 rotation as well. It's also going to have the uh, Intel i7 processors and 16 gig of RAM and one terabyte of SSD or solid state drive. If you're wondering what solid state drive actually is, uh, think about it as a flash drive. There's no moving parts to it. Traditional uh, desktop hard drives or even laptop hard drives or the... Uh, magnetic discs and they spun this one has no moving parts so the read write is a lot faster but they also have a shelf life on that as well it's also going to have usb-c ports and thunderbolt 3 technology um is the average battery life is actually not bad it's, it's a little under 13 hours which is pretty good um for it now they also have um a kind of a quick charging battery uh system so you can charge about half or uh, 50% capacity in only 30 minutes, which is not bad. The price is not cheap. It's over $1,000. So is that one as well. They also have a few others. One is the Envy All-in-One, uh, which is going to have the 34-inch model, um, which is going to be a curved screen. It's going to have to be 3440 by 10, uh, 1440 resolution. Um, while the monitor is not really true, uh, 4K UHD, it's pretty close to it as well. It's also going to have either the i5 or the i7 uh, Intel Core processors. Also, it can either come with the AMD RX or the NVIDIA GTX uh, discrete cards as well. And also comes with the one terabyte hard drive with SSD and HDD options available. Um, so those are all coming out or be available this month, actually, or that one, the all-in-one, January 11th. So check it out. Now let's move it on to things you should try out this week. So there is this new Chrome extension called Who Dis, and it's basically um, a way to save private notes for Twitter profiles. So if you're not really sure who this is or you want to make notes about people who you want to follow or who you may want to follow, this is something that you could uh, do. It will put it on their profile and you can write little notes about it. It's a Chrome extension, so check it out, especially if you're an avid Twitter user. This could help quite a bit. Now there's a new um, 
There's a new device called Astro, which is the first heads-up display for uh, your your mirror for your uh, phone screen. So what you can do is you can get this system, and what it will do is it has gesture controls, auto feedback, and direct display as well. Um, so you can you know go around, look around. It also has kind of a car uh, integration as well, so it kind of has like a little mirror um, HUD on it to. Uh, to check uh, your tire pressures uh, as well and anything else that's going on with it. So why not? If you're looking for something and you're just terrible at getting your oil change or anything else in your car, this could be help you quite a bit. So check it out. Now, if you have an iPhone and you kind of want to have pixel art, there is a new app called uh, Shredder that will give you some beautiful glitch art wallpaper. That's kind of like the kind of the multicolored type of uh, pictures. So if you're looking for something a little bit new, a little bit different than your traditional, ordinary stuff. This could be something for you, so check it out. And are you someone that still loves to actually get to rent those physical DVDs? Well, DVD Netflix, yes, is still here. You can download it for an app and actually get DVDs for Netflix. Why not? I mean, if you don't really, if your internet sucks, this could be the best way of doing it without going, uh, why internet, why do you hate me? Uh, so check it out. It's for i. It's for iOS only, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. Uh, and now there's a well. There's an AI-powered phone assistant bot for your phone. It's for iOS and Android. It's called Comment. Uh, and basically, I tried it out a little bit, and it's actually not bad. Um, it kind of will de- uh, delete duplicate photos. Um, it's not always. It's a little precise, but not too much. But also will help uh, auto create albums for you as well. So if you don't really want to do um, Google Photos or anything else like that, this is something for you. It's for Android and iOS as well, so check it out. And that is the end of Digital Coffee. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, AutoCast, Acast, and many more. I always forget which ones, (laughs) other ones I'm on, but I'm on quite a bit of them. Um, also follow Digital Coffee on all the social channels with uh, YouTube, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Google Plus, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Medium as well as like I said before, Player.me, Anchor Radio as well. I do that. I try to update that as much as I can. Uh, and as and I'm also on Hitbox, Daily Motion, Twitch. Uh, and Beam as well, and Periscope Live, which I'm going to actually start live streaming with that as well, because Restream actually got it. Anyways, also, if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon and Podbean, and uh, as always, I have uh, coffee mugs and t-shirts and a hoodie in my digital coffee podcast product store, so check it out. Alright guys, join me on Friday for all the gaming news in Gamers Cafe. I will be going through CES again because there's some gaming stuff that comes out there. All right, guys, have a good Thursday and see you Friday later.